All right, it's April 29th, 2020. This is Gary Hawks for the Thinking Out Loud podcast. When I do these, kind of get a basic idea of what I'm going to talk about for a little bit. Not really sure on duration and stuff like that. Probably work out that kind of stuff later. It'd be cool to always maybe interview some people later. Be kind of neat. But going to focus mostly on, again, politics and um, but the other topics that try to take the mind off of all the, the goings-ons. So music and movies and uh, TV inspirations, um, role models, um, exercise routines and such and a wide variety of other things. Um, to take the mind off of politics, which tends to roam around my head a lot. As a kid, my dad always loved talking politics and always had very strong opinions. So I think I kind of inherited that a little bit. Uh, I do like to write a lot about various things, themes that come up when watching politics a lot. And uh, just... Trying to make sense of this place that we live and, you know, the supposed values that we have or preach and how what we actually practice and stuff. But one thing I've been was pondering earlier is how is this country going to survive if our government doesn't do anything to protect the elf the health of the people. Because right now, the, what the federal government seems most focused on is bailing out big companies. And many of these companies are non-essential. And even if they're doing an essential activity, there's probably a more efficient way for, for that particular uh, business activity to be done besides purely by a big corporation. For example, one business that got bailed out by the federal government was Carnival cruise ships. Uh, cruise lines are non-essential. Um, is the only way you can have a cruise line is by having a big, massive company with a whole fleet of ships? Uh, no. Uh, you can certainly, where I live, there's plenty of businesses that own one boat, and they give tours on that one boat. And there's, you know, it's a limited liability company, and they do very well. You know, they can take out 15, 20 people at a time and go whale watching and such and people have a wonderful time and it's a very good business even though it's just seasonal um, there's no reason why cruise ships that type of business couldn't just be something where that you have a ton of different companies not just five or six but maybe hundreds if not thousands of companies all operating different types of ships that are maybe smaller more efficient less way less overhead but maybe you still have some of the accommodations, the nice food and stuff. I went on a nice little uh, several hour long cruise once and it was, a, you know, had a nice meal and we got to visit the captain and the, whatever it's called, part of the boat. And uh, it's very enjoyable, you know. The smaller a company is the sometimes there may be less efficiencies, but sometimes there's greater efficiency. Uh, the bigger an entity gets, the more slippage there is going to be uh, inefficiencies. Even while seeming to be more efficient, the reality is there's, there's slippage because there's things that are pro not proper, properly being expensed a lot of times when you get big, massive entities. Like if a big corporation is not paying its people well enough, then those people have to get, you know, subsidies from the federal government just to survive, just to make ends meet. And then those people spend those subsidies at the at that corporate entity. Um, that corporate entity is not paying its share. They're actually being rewarded for not doing that, um, which, you know, shouldn't be the way. Um, I think what's happening is that, uh, you know, like I was saying before, like with the Republican Party, they're, they're getting more fearless. Because they, they were get, given a green light in 2016 to just be 
what they really are. And what they really are is an organization that protects the interest of the wealthy. Uh, most of the members of that organization, with ours next to their name, when you see them on TV, you'll say, you know, Jim Jordan, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, um, Matt Gates. Uh, what was that one guy? De Nunes. <laughs> um, just the whole pack of weasels, the bunch. And most of them, though, I think those kind of people, they, they know exactly what it is that the core principles are of the organization. Um, their rhetoric, many times, they will talk about all kinds of other stuff and uh, try to distract and uh, divert attention back towards the Democrats. But uh, what they are purely and uh, primarily, really, uh, is an organization that protects the interests of the wealthy. So they cut taxes for the wealthy and cut taxes for corporations. There's a pandemic going. 57,000 people have already died in this country from the coronavirus. Uh, we have not peaked yet. Um, scientists believe, medical experts believe that a second wave is coming in the fall um, based off of you know the numbers and how other pandemics spiked after you know, reducing uh, restrictions too early. You know, based on kind of the history of how these viruses can work on, and then how this one travels, and then also the the added wrinkle of just not really knowing everything about it quite yet, not having a cure anywhere near ready, vaccine, um, the chances of another spike in the fall are very high, and even higher now considering that uh, the organization that protects the interest of the wealthy is now very concerned that we get all back to work. Uh, no, we couldn't possibly, you know, t take more money from those that have the most to pay for the basics, like making sure that the working class, the people doing all the work, cooking the food, paving the roads, building the bridges, maintaining the electric grid, flying the airplanes, <clears throat> keeping the power on, keeping the shelves stocked with food, preparing the food, harvesting the crops and everything, all that sort of needs to be done type stuff. And then of course that second layer of people that are maybe doing things that aren't necessarily in and of themselves essential in the hunter-gatherer sense, but because they're doing that thing, they're earning money and then they spend money at other places and such and it kind of circulates around. The entire economy in the United States of America, because we are a democracy, is very much built on uh, the vast majority of people working. But not just working, earning a decent wage doing the work so that they can then spend money and have it circulate around. And so when so much effort goes to protect the interest of the wealthy, it can create massive problems. If we had appropriately taxed the wealthy in the past, uh, then we would have you know, funded the CDC better. Uh, we would have been better prepared for something like this, and then we wouldn't have had any problem paying every person a, a basic income while this is going on to make sure that, you know, they don't get behind on bills while they can't work, while it's against medical advice to do so. Um, if, if you tax appropriately, in, in other words, tax the people that don't make much, virtually nothing, tax the vast majority, just a, a fair amount that's reasonable, not too much, but not nothing. And then tax the people at the extreme upper ends of incomes quite a bit higher percentage because um, that's the thing about the marginal tax rate. If, if you're making over 10 million a year, whatever the marginal amount is, say, let's say it is 10 million. I think they were proposing something even higher than that. I mean, anything earned over that amount is taxed at a much, much higher rate. And the rate that was being proposed was 70%. That means 
70% of every dollar earned above 10 million would be taxed. 70%. Which means if you earn 10 million and one dollar, your marginal tax in that particular year would be 70 cents. Not 7 million, 70 cents, because you only earned one dollar above 10 million. So the marginal tax would be 70 cents. In that particular type of example, where the marginal tax amount is 10 million and the marginal tax rate is 70%, it's 70% of the portion above 10 million. But the Republican Party is very much against the marginal tax altogether, no matter what. And the Democrats are, in many cases, more than willing to bend the numbers if need be, you know. Well, okay, so 20 million, anything over, earned over 20 million in a year, an amount that is so astronomical, it's really kind of hard for the average American probably to even comprehend. Um, let's say 20 million is the, an amount. Person earns 20, 25 million in a year. Now, the first 20 million, they're just going to pay normal tax rates, so maybe 38%. If all 20 million is taxable income, which it probably wouldn't be, they probably had some kind of things to kind of offset it at least a little. But just for shits and giggles, 20 million, 38% tax rate would be 7.6 million, roughly, in tax, kind of their basic tax amount, with we'll this rounded up to 8 million. So they would have a net income in that case, right at the 20 million mark of. 20 million that that's just kind of the their initial kind of amount but then there's that portion above the 20 million above the marginal amount of 20 million using the 20 million as an example that extra 5 million if 70 percent of that is taxed that would be three and a half million which would leave only one and a half million but that one and a half million would be added on to the 12 million so that would be 13 and a half million dollars in net after-tax income. For a person like me, a regular working-class person, what the initial amount was, what the, what the corporate entity that paid that person's cost was, is really irrelevant to me. I don't really give a fuck. I don't care. That was, was one thing. I was going to try to not curse as much, um, just in case. But anyway, I don't really care about that part. Net after-tax income in a year. What's the number? What you specifically started with is not really that relevant. How much cash do you have in your hand at the end of the day? What, it, what was your net income after taxes? If you have a net income after taxes in a single year of $12.5 million, you are doing okay. You are just fine and dandy. You can buy a house at the upper median income or upper median price point cash and then just set a little bit aside for property taxes. Just put it in some kind of annuity or something or basic low interest savings account. And that would cover the property taxes for the next whatever century. So buy a home. So again, $13.5 million in net cash, then after tax earnings in a year. You buy a upper, you know, upper income type house. So let's, but let's just say way upper. So like a million. And then what you do is you put in another million into a savings account that'll help you cover the property taxes for that place for the next however long. Uh, so something like that might be. I don't know what the property taxes on would be on a on a house of that type, and it really depends on the market. But it could be something like ten thousand a year, or something or twenty thousand a year. But it doesn't really matter because you're going to put a mil another million aside in a just a very low risk cash account that earns a little bit of interest. But it doesn't even really matter if it earns interest, even if it's earning only one percent interest a year. Um, that's still uh, $10,000 a year in interest. Um, most likely, the property tax on that place is probably going to be less than that amount. So you may very well earn more in interest 
than what your actual property tax bill is each month if, if you put enough money in that account in the beginning. So again, that's that's paying for a very beyond modest house, a, a very upper, upper level house with cash, putting plenty aside to cover property tax for the next, you know, 100 years probably at least. And best part, uh, you still got $11.5 million left over. So a couple of the, you know, the stupid I'm rich bullshit type things, you know, you get a couple fancy cars, you get a couple nice suits and shit and all that kind of nonsense. Um, even if you get kind of stupid about it and are maybe going a little over the top, it's going to be, if you're a normal person, it's going to be real difficult to get over like a, another million or two on those kinds of things. You already got the house paid for in cash. You, you, you know, you got some cars now. You don't really need a bunch of cars, so why do that? So even if you're kind of on the upper ends, most likely after all that, you're looking at about eight or nine million dollars left over net after tax. So the best thing to do with that uh, is put that in a fixed annuity mixed of predominantly annuities. Uh, even if they're only earning 5-6% interest, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but basically just invest that primarily in annuities. Uh, one that's going to be able to pay uh, you know, a decent wage to live off for the rest of your life. Uh, with that type of annuity, you know, investing 9-10 million in an annuities in a collection of annuities or whatever, uh, you could easily pay yourself an, a monthly income of, well, just, just go on the, on the low end of, of $10,000 a month in perpetuity, basically forever, for the rest of your life, or at least for a very long time. Nine and a half million or 10 million or so would be more than enough to do that. And again, it's after tax dollars, so you don't have any more tax to pay. Uh, with annuities and such like that, there's different tax implications for uh, the interest earned on those types of things. It's a little less than it's not treated the same as like capital gains. It kind of depends. So, annuity is one of the best ways to avoid massive taxes on interest earned on an investment, as long as you keep just, just taking the annuity payments take out the principal that's when you get in to a little bit of more trouble there but uh yeah that's just so some pretty basic stuff um and if say you earned that money doing whatever you know they, they'll have a cf a certified financial planner that'll handle all that for them they don't actually have to do any of that many of the people that earn that kind of money don't really do anything they they're just a majority shareholder of a company that they inherited so they can earn that kind of money in a year net after tax just off of a previously made investment you know 25 30 million dollars a year no problem uh that and that's kind of on the lower end you know Billionaires can earn hundreds of millions of dollars in a year easy by doing nothing, just just by already having money. So it's a it's a very sticky situation because we're getting at that kind of breaking point where there is the the level and amount of concentrated wealth is astounding. the The amount of wealth and power that is is just saturated in just a, a minute percentage of the population is creating an entire burden on, on on the entire global economy it's it's affecting the entire life of planet earth not just the human species but all the species that we're interconnected with it's uh i mean there's massive amounts of work energy and resources devoted to making the economy grow but why who benefits from the gdp going up 2.6 percent the people that own the economy 
if you're just working in the economy, you don't get anything. Maybe you get some overtime and you get paid time and a half for the hours over 40 in a week or over eight in the day in some places. But most likely you're not really getting anything more, whether the economy goes up or down. If the economy goes up too much, you might get fired because the economy, the corporation you're working for might realize that they can, you know, reallocate debt or whatever and do some restructuring and stuff. So you'll just be an expense that they can get rid of, uh, reduce production levels because of a tax rate change or something and still maintain profit. If uh, the economy tanks too much, then it's still fire for just the opposite reason. Well, now we, our revenues are going down, so now we can't afford the people that do all the work. So we're going to cut production. Because we've got to be able to keep paying shareholders a dividend. And you've got to be able to keep paying the executives that, quote-unquote, run the company, you know, massive amounts of money, millions of dollars a year. So the people that are really wealthy in this country are really wealthy. And the organization that protects them is the Republican Party. And the Republican Party has made it clear during this pandemic that that is, that's what their focus is. You know, they want to make sure that those corporate entities can still keep paying a dividend can still keep paying those executive bonuses. If they have to fire some people or if they have to have their employees risk death to try to get that profit, that's a risk they're willing to take. The Republican Party is willing to risk American lives in order to grow GDP. Okay. And I think until that is un understood by the working class, that, that that organization is just going to continue to be in power. Uh, it's unfortunate we have to do this thing called bipartisanship because you just get one or the other. Uh, that organization, the Republican Party, represents the wealthy. That's just what they do. And and the wealthy that they represent are not just are not purely successful people worked their way up the top or something, or created these vast companies. Some of them are, but then even those people, do we? Do you really need to be a billionaire? Do you really need to have 1,000 millions? That's a lot of millions. I mean, a handful of millions, five or six million is a lot of money. It's life-changing. And like I said, that example I used earlier, net income of 11, 13 and a half million, Yeah, you buy your home, cash, you own that now. The property tax you'll have to pay throughout the years, that's already covered and set aside. The cars, you own them. And then the other money that's put aside, that's your income for the rest of your life. You never have to work another day in your life, and you can maintain a very comfortable living for the rest of your life without ever working again. That's one year of earnings. And that type of earnings is on the lower end of what some of these people in the top 2% earn. For some of them, that's how much money, 13 and a half million, that they might earn, you know, in a month. Some of them, you know, some of them are earning amounts way more than that net after tax, after they already pay the tax. Because many of them, their net after tax is an astronomical amount because they don't really pay any tax. Donald Trump himself was able to avoid paying taxes for years simply because he was such a poor businessman. He was good at getting himself out of trouble by being willing to take down others with him. He didn't really care if the business went bankrupt because it's not him, you know. He's not personally liable for the debts of the business, even if he was the, run, the one running the company. So if he loses millions of dollars, he can claim a loss you know, I lost value in this entity, even if he had to borrow money to get ownership of that entity. Uh, even if he put in very little of his own actual money, the value of his ownership stake went down so he can claim it as a loss. 
and then maybe avoid paying taxes for as possibly as 20 years, which means that there might be years where he didn't pay any tax in an individual year, even though he did very much earn a lot, a lot of money. Uh, it is because he lost so much in a previous year. And again, it's more like loss of value. Maybe it's not so much loss of actual cash. But reassuring signs, a uh, new story we had heard on uh, earlier from Young Turks. Some of the big corporate behemoths, Walmart, uh, Amazon, and uh, some other ones, employees of those places are staging a walkout. And uh, I, hope, I hope something starts changing. You know, hopefully this is... It's unfortunate this may be what it takes is like a freaking pandemic, you know, possibly more tens of more thousands of people dying. Hunt, you know, who knows how many getting sick a worldwide pandemic. And it's it's, you know, because of greed and destruction and uh, global warming and climate change, all the things that we've been hearing about for long times, the wealth gap and all that kind of stuff. It's all just a big permeating pot that creates a situation that reveals every single weakness that we have in our country. Everything, single thing that we've done wrong over the last few decades, uh, catering too much to the whims and desires of corporate people and wealthy people, not taking care of our citizens, not investing in healthcare, not investing in the people, you know, the rights and liberties of the people the health and well-being of the citizens of the United States of America. The federal government has not been focused on those things for several decades now, and instead has been focused on making the overall macro economy grow. For who? Who benefits? Lots and lots of people get left behind and slip through all kinds of massive, not just cracks, but crevices, you know, breaks in the whole foundational support of this strange thing that we have in this country. Uh, and it seems like in this time, there's certain groups that have been in power for a while that want to truly test it. Let's just see how far we can push it. And that was the Republicans' message. At least that's the message I heard in 2016. They are the organization that protects the interest of the wealthy. Good portion of the people in this country know that and understand that, and that's why they're anti-Republican and refuse to vote Republican. Because there's only two options, uh, the good portion of those people have to vote either independent, Green Party, or mostly Democrat, because that's really the only other, Democrat's the only other major option that's like legitimate, that isn't Republican. But many Democrats are basically Republicans, but they just have a D next to the name. So it gets a little confusing. You know, who are you supposed to vote for? But that organization, the Republican Party, it is the organization that protects the interest of the wealthy. That is what they do. That's their primary focus. So I think until more working class people realize that, there's this, it, it's going to be a going to be a tough situation. I think what the Republican Party really said in 2016 is that is what they are. They were kind of declaring it most openly because they picked Donald Trump. It was their turn to win anyway, but they went with Trump, even though it didn't matter who they picked. They could have picked anyone. So they picked the least qualified guy, but the guy that would definitely, absolutely, 1,000% be willing to cut taxes for wealthy people and corporations. In fact, that's one of the the only real major thing he did right off the bat. Republicans celebrated in front of the front White House lawn. We did it, you know. Gave wealthy people a bunch of money. And they're ecstatic about it. They call it tax reform, but it that's just a euphemism. It's wealthy people getting more money and corporations as well. So, you know... It's just uh, unfortunate because, you know, they always distract us, the uh, Republican Party and the corporate and the media and all that. They always distract us by talking about other stuff like abortion and gay marriage and transgender bathrooms. And it's like, who, who gives a fuck? If you don't like abortion, then don't get one. You know, I, I don't 
why is the federal government getting involved in that? You know, it's like, I, I don't, I don't, I, I get, I totally understand people's like not liking abortion. I don't like it. I get it. Okay. Why does the federal government need to get involved? Okay. You have your position. So you know what you are and what you're doing and or whatever. And okay. Yeah. Or the people that don't like gay marriage. Okay. If, if you're against gay marriage, if you're a dude that's against gay marriage, then don't marry a dude. If you're, you know, against gay marriage. So you do you and that's it. That's the individual freedom goes both ways. You know, what the fuck do you care anyway? You know, like I don't, it's just, I don't get it. I, I get people like maybe being like, Ooh, I don't, why would you, or I don't, because if you're not that way, then why would you, or whatever, you know, like, um, like there was this uh, dude that was on my rugby team years ago, and he got married a while back. Uh, and it would have been weird if he married a woman because uh, he was gay. So, you know, it made sense that he married a dude because, you know, he was he was gay. Um, but, you know, he, cool dude. He's just a dude. He played rugby, but, he, you know, he's gay. It's just, you know, a good portion of people are straight or somewhere in between and some are gay. Who gives a fuck? You know, like, I don't, I just, I don't really, I don't really get it. I don't, I don't really understand how, you know, being like strongly against that and running for that, using that as like a campaign post, aren't that they're against gay marriage, how that can get people like riled up to vote for them. So what other rights do you want to suspend and stuff? And it's like, if you really believe, well, the Bible says that it's, but you created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Oh, good one there, you know, thing like, okay, then you, that person that believes that you don't marry the same gender, you, the person that believes that gay marriage is wrong. And that's it. That's all you, you got to do. That other person's marriage doesn't have anything to do with you, whether they're straight, bi or gay or whatever. It, it doesn't, really, it's somebody else. So don't worry about it, you know, like. And for me, like the opposite would be like, uh, like the gun rights thing. I, I, I hate guns. I, I don't like guns. I don't want guns in my home. I don't, I don't really, you know, I'm just not into it. Maybe someday I'll learn how to shoot a gun at just, just at the gun range or something. And just to do it every once in a while, fine. You know, but I don't really have any desire to own a gun and, uh, I don't really want them in my house and yeah. You know, but I get it, whatever. Some people dig them. So I don't give a crap. You know, you, you want to own a gun, own a gun. Yeah, but we have the Second Amendment, so who cares? If you, As long as you're safe with it. But, you know, a lot of times the, these cr crowds that support certain types of issues, they'll be against a different type of freedom or something, and it's just, uh, you know, I don't get it. Um, absolutely for the Second Amendment. Uh, I don't even though I don't have any desire to own a gun, I have the right to not own a gun. And uh, I exercise that right. Uh, I don't think federal government should be involved in unarming citizens because, yeah, I, I don't know. I, although I look, I put, yeah, I like certain safety, basic safety precautions, you know, like goons of weaponry has come a long way since the 18th century, you know, and to have the same just kind of wide, open anything you want whenever you want no matter who you are <laughs> like that just seems idiotic um so but those kind of issues though are what the republican does the republican party does to kind of change the conversation and to divert attention away from what their primary focus is uh, but over the last few years it's you know, they, they've come out with it. They're not being subtle anymore. You know, there's a pandemic. People are dying. So what do the Republicans do? Uh, they give a bunch of money to a cruise ship company. You know, there's food lines and stuff. There's, there's people dying. There's shortage of medical supplies. 
Carnival Cruise Lines uh, made a bunch of bad investments and poor business choices, maybe grow too big. Whatever went wrong with Carnival Cruise Lines, that's not really the top concern right now. You know, that's not really something that we should be focused on while people are dying. If Carnival Cruise Lines goes bankrupt, well, that might happen. Sometimes companies get too big and they leverage way too much debt and they take, they just bite on off more than they could chew, you know, and so they go under. It happens. It's business. So federal government really shouldn't be bailing out companies that have done poorly for whatever reason or that are definitely non-essential. The boats that exist, they are a capital asset. There are all different kinds of companies that are, would be more than happy to take care of that type of thing, you know, uh, various banks and stuff. Sometimes it's just a price point. How low does the value need to go before others will buy it and say, yeah, we'll take this. You know, we're not going to buy the boat for $5 million, but maybe if the price drops to $3.5 million and we can get some guarantees and this other thing. Either way... It's a, there's all kinds of industries within capital markets that handle all that kind of thing. A big, massive company with huge capital assets, very expensive capital assets, is starting to have money problems. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's banks and investors and stuff to handle that kind of thing. Federal government right now should be focused on the health and well-being of the American citizens, not whether or not a cruise ship company stays profitable. That is very low on the list of priorities, but it is a top priority right now for the Republicans. There's also big, massive corporate entities that pay massive amounts of money in bonuses to their corporate executives who are also, those companies are also getting money, basically just like a personal slush fund funded by the American taxpayer. And again, this is why while people are dying and the medical personnel that are, you know, saving our lives, protecting people are getting stressed out. You know, they're being worn thin. You know, people are, you know, under duress. There's a lot of burden on the medical system. And what do the Republicans want to do, many of them? They want us all to get back to work. Why? Because without workers, there is no economy. The millionaires and billionaires, a good portion of them, they don't really do anything. The CEO of Comcast certainly ain't coming and installing your cable. He's not going to be able to answer any questions on your cable bill either. He doesn't really do any of that. The actual service of that is done by workers. They're the ones that... You know, get all get you all the channels that you want. They're the ones that actually come to your house and hook the cable up and whatever. You know, the, the lights that are on in your house. That that's not the CEO of of the you know, the power company that helped keep those on. He didn't have anything to do with that. He just wears a suit and goes to the office. The actual guy in the bucket truck, you know, with the wrench in the hand and the yellow hat on his head. That's, you know, the story up, you know, working on the lines. That's the dude that helps keep the lines on, power on. The people working, you know, those fancy people in the suits, you know, in an office building on the 80th floor, they're not actually doing anything, you know. I mean, in a certain way, I'm kind of similar right now, except on a much different level, you know. They're, I'm just talking in my podcast, but today I'm taking care of kids and stuff and trying to homeschool and do all that kind of stuff. What they do, those guys that make millions of dollars as the CEO of a company, they talk on the phone, they have meetings, they have business lunches and business dinners, and, and maybe they every once in a while write a report or something. But a good portion of the day is having meetings talking on the phone and maybe doing an interview here and there for some news network. But in many cases, it'll be, you know, if something bad happens. But some CEOs, even when something bad happens, they don't even face the music. They don't even do an interview. 
even though that's kind of what they, they're like the face of the company. So they have to talk on behalf of this corporate entity and say things. So it's kind of, it's, uh, yeah, the main, they don't do really, they don't do do things, you know, they're not cooking food, preparing food, harvesting food, they're not building homes and structures and stuff, they're not doing things like that. Donald Trump especially is your classic example of that. He's been wearing a suit every day of his life since he was 19, 20 years old or whatever. You know, he's always been wearing a suit. He wears suits on the weekends. He wears a suit even if he's not working because he's he's always working, quote-unquote. Which really means he's, he's, he's never working. He, he, he doesn't work, you know. He goes golfing, then he flies on an airplane, and then he watches TV, and then he tweets, you know. It'd be like saying that, you know, I work all day. I mean, I don't work all day. I'm a stay-at-home dad. That's, that's my job. It pays zero. But, you know, it keeps me on my toes. So, you know, avoiding major meltdowns and such. And uh, getting fourth grader through his homeschooling. And while, you know, not being able to see other kids much at all. And they're all going cuckoo. Inside the house. Uh, you know, it's a job, though. Just a job that doesn't pay. Donald Trump, though, gets a nice presidential salary and a full set of security service detailed around him and stuff. And what he mostly spends his time doing is, you know, watching TV, tweeting, and just kind of avoiding and ducking out of responsibility. Uh, he gets daily briefings that he just doesn't read. He doesn't really like to read. He's not very smart. And, you know, he's just kind of a unprepared, un unrefined, just kind of douche of a man, and kind of famously so. It's just unfortunate that so many people didn't know that back in 2016. Really unfortunate, you know. I mean, especially because I came to that realization about Trump at such a young age, you know. It was just like, you know, it was late 80s, early 90s, and he was... I don't know if that was like the first of his six bankruptcies or maybe another one, but it was. it was definitely like more scandal it was always a scandal with him and he just that smug arrogant smile of his and just it's just a yeah I, yeah I, I did i never i never got why some people liked him but it was just this he was like this weird caricature of the business villain that we just had to hear about every once in a while after he uh you know cheated on his wife or something and got remarried and then cheated on that one and then the woman who's the first lady of the president he cheated on her with a porn star and a playboy model and then he paid them both a bunch of money to stay quiet about it so you know that this is that's kind of the douchebag he is but that that's a that's the perfect person for the republican party that's why the republican party has stood fast by him they're, they're kind of they're just they're coming out with it now i don't you know these I mean, bless their heart, those, you know, anti-stay-at-home uh, guideline protesters, the protesters of good, sound medical advice to avoid getting sick. I mean, bless their heart, having a little Trump rally while there's a contagious virus going around, not wearing masks and all crowded together, tight spaces. Okay, man, you know, like... God bless you. I hope you all well. Wish you well. Hey, you know, I wish they would get it. I wish they would get that this guy, Trump, that they've, for whatever reason, put so much into is just, he ain't going to deliver. You know, that that's not what he is. You know, he's not, he just doesn't care. He doesn't even care about them. He, he just wants to Stay president so he can avoid getting prosecuted for crimes that he's committed. The guy that he have commit that he had commit crimes for him is in jail right now. Federal prison. I think it was a four-year sentence or maybe two years. It wasn't a real long sentence, but nonetheless, is years in time for crimes that he committed on Trump's behalf and direction. You know, it's just 
I don't know what those people see in the guy. I'm, I'm sure a lot of those people are good, decent people generally. But it, it's one of those things where Trump is so obviously and clearly bad. And just, I, don't, I can't really think of anything good to say about the man. And I've just been burnt out on hearing about him since I was probably, you know, pretty young. And I remember when that stupid show Apprentice came on, I was just like, ugh. Not that, ooh, just, I'm so tired of hearing about him, you know? That was before he was president. Just like, why is this, why is this what it is, you know? It's just stupid. Someone messed up on the programming or something. I don't know. But, hopefully he'll be out of there in the fall. Maybe we can get some fresh blood there, although the al the alternative is, I guess, better, but it's not really all that inspiring, you know. You know, we could, because now we're, because it's bipartisan, you, you have to worry about how many people are going to, you know, the Republican candidate. You have to worry about who it is and if whether or not you can actually beat him face to face. So we... Democrats couldn't, so a lot of people were scared, and they were like, oh, I think if we pick Bernie Sanders, he might lose to Trump, you know, and you can't have to, so now we're like scared to vote for the person we want to vote, we want to be president, because they might lose to Trump, you know, the bar's been low, it's so low that now it's like Joe Biden, like, oh, yay, Joe Biden, yeah. really? I have a, what the... Well, he's better than Trump. Ooh, yay! You know, like that—that's it. That's all we need in a president. They got to be better than Donald Trump. That—that's all we're looking for now. That—that's—that's that's like no bar. Like, oh, I can step over this pebble on the ground. Wow, that was a difficult. Okay, so that—that's it. As long as you're better than Donald Trump, that's the, we'll, we'll take it. Huh, you know, okay. So that's who Democrats are going with. Kind of a lackluster, uninspiring pick if there ever was one. And of course, you know, he's, he's old, well past his prime. And he's got a lot of skeletons in his closet, a lot of, you know, goofy political views, goofy statements. And now, you know, sexual assault allegations are starting to come out and... Just like, ah, really? Couldn't go for the guy that's been fighting for workers' rights for the past several decades. <laughs> that's, even though the same age as the other guys, he's like still in his prime. He was like in a late prime. We couldn't go with that guy? No, no we gotta go with the guy that's definitely well past his prime. His, the pinnacle of his career should have been being VP and he should have just, you know, went off to pasture after that and retired and get some fresh blood in there. But nope. Instead of Bernie Sanders, we got Joe Biden. And somehow we're supposed to be excited about it. I, I don't really know how. Well, he's better than Trump. Yeah, I need more, you know. that, that That's no standard at all. That That basically means... Well, this person has a pulse, and they can formulate sentences. that That's what, you know, like, oh. I mean, there, there needs to be more than just, like, I don't know. It's a weird country. It's a weird place. I don't know. And then they're still voting on whether or not we'll be allowed to vote without having, you know, voting booths and all that and getting crammed together. Because, you know, there's a pandemic going and all that. So, whew. Anyway, it's a lot on the mind. But I think keys is to take it day by day. I've been doing like little bits of yoga, doing writing every day, and I'm glad I got this podcast to do and I suppose I should you just say things in this podcast with the expectation that as many people that have access to it could listen to it but 
knowing at this moment and over the foreseeable future, there'll be probably most likely, you know, no one listening to it. So it's really for just for my own personal satisfaction to just get my thoughts out. And, uh, you know, hopefully there can start being more, uh, just more coming together of the working class, more unison things to sort of, uh, just to create more leverage when it comes to working towards workers' rights. You know, if we, the, the workers do do all the work, you know, if we at some point realize that we are all on the same team, regardless of, you know, what team we root for or what part of the country we live in or, you know, whatever, what, what our view of government is or something, there's, there's, there's gotta be, cause I think a lot of us just take for granted that, yeah, most of us should be work doing something actually doing something, providing some kind of service or building something or, you know, delivering goods and such, all kinds of tasks, doing things and uh, that earn us a pay and allow us to live our lives. But we've been kind of manipulated by uh, the people that make substantially more than that and make substantially more than that doing almost nothing. So, yeah, Thinking out loud, this podcast, I hope will uh, just, for me personally, just help me get my thoughts out. Who knows, someday maybe uh, run for something. Never know. Uh, fair amount of skeletons in my closet, too, though. I would call them being in my 20s. But anywho. No time, no place. Get into all that. In the meantime... Stay positive, take it day by day, drink plenty of water, get some good exercise, make sure you get to sleep, find new hobbies, great time to find new hobbies, draw, write, play games, you know, have in-depth conversations with the children, no matter how old they are, really, you know, that's, I think it's fun to like talk to little babies, anyway, mine are... I have 10, 8, 5. Now somebody steps on there's 9. But uh, there's 2 in the house right now. My other two boys are away. But more interacting with the family and all that sort of good stuff. You know, just taking it day by day and try to do something different each day too. That's another thing I'm trying to do. Just uh, make through it. And I pray hopefully this uh, doesn't go too long and hopefully as many people as possible stay safe and healthy. All right. This has been Gary Hawks. You've been listening to Thinking Out Loud.